Hi, I'm back. I want to talk about a topic that is a big topic for me. So I might do several episodes on this topic eventually because I feel like there's so much to unpack and it's too much to fit in one episode unless I want to make the episode very long, which I don't because I want to try and keep these kind of bite-sized for you guys. And for myself, because as we learned from listening to the first few episodes, I tend to run out of words at a certain point, and then I have to just awkwardly stop. So that might happen today too. We'll see. But we're going to talk about friendship and how difficult having friends can be as an autistic person And especially as an autistic adult, I've noticed that in my childhood, friendships were easier in childhood because for one, my friends were usually just my mom's friends' children. So like my mom had a friend named Debbie for many years and she had a daughter named Shannon and that was Shannon was just my friend because our parents were friends and they would hang out. And so it was like a ready-made friendship type of situation. And uh, we both enjoyed playing Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo. And that was all we needed. (laughs) That was the only thing we needed to have in common, right? We didn't have to plan anything together. We didn't have to know the rules of social engagement. It was like, my mom comes over to your house. She brings me with her. We play Mario Brothers for hours. That was it. Great. And at school, I didn't really have very many friends for the first several years of elementary school. Um, Like, I sort of just jumped around at recess, you know, like, I would, I was more interested in what games people were playing rather than, like, who I was hanging out with. So, like, the activity that I was interested in that day is where I would go. It wasn't really about the people. It was about what was happening. And, uh, I don't know, I spent a lot of recesses in the library too like I really loved books still do um I was just a voracious reader when I was a kid so if I could just go to the library I also really liked to help the librarian which is so funny when I think back about the fact that I would spend my recesses in the library helping the librarian check in and check out books because you got to use back then like nothing was electronic this was in the 80s so it was like you used a rubber stamp with the date on it and you got to pull out the little card that was in the sleeve and stamp the book and I learned the Dewey Decimal System because I got to go put the books back and help the librarian and I just I'm like at the time I didn't think there was anything odd about that um But looking back, I'm like, I think most kids don't want to spend their recess doing that. They want to be playing outside and running around with their friends and, I don't know, being loud. But that wasn't how I was. So, uh, and then when I did start to make friends, once I got into, like, the upper grades, I had usually a one-on-one friendship. I had, like, a main friend. And then I would have, like, other acquaintances that went along with those friends. Um, And I got sort of... Um, I don't know, eventually like in high school, I got sort of lost and started hanging out with more outcast type of people. That's just who I seemed to fit in with. I didn't fit in with the people who fit in. 
I fit in with the people that had problems, you know, so then things took a turn there for a few years where I was very impressionable getting into trouble because, you know, I'm not going to put all the responsibility on others. Of course, I could have not gotten in trouble, but I was a follower. Like I just, I was, I was very impressionable. If someone was like, Hey, let's do this. I was like, okay, like (laughs) fine. Like let's skip school. Okay. And so things went awry there for a while, but like in adulthood, um, nothing's like set up for you in adulthood. You, you don't have like automatic friendships like that. You don't have a place where, you know, there's social structures and you're kind of put in a place where it's easy-ish to find people who are similar to you. And I feel like there are less pressures around that when you're younger too. Even in the teenage years, it's like you just find someone you have a few things in common with and it's great and you're friends. And in adulthood, it's it gets so complex. And I you know, I'm 41. I have tried over the past couple of decades of my adulthood to really like be the person who we see in the media, who is like this woman who has like a group of friends. They're her, they're her like confidants and they like hang out at each other's houses and it's cute and it's fun And, uh, but in all honesty, like I've never really wanted that. I just kind of thought I wanted that. Um, reason being is I, for one, I really enjoy doing stuff on my own. I like being alone. Um, not forever and always. Like I do enjoy having a partner in my life, uh, um, you know, I like being in a relationship with the, if it's with the right person, obviously. Um, you know, I like, I like being around my family, my kids, but like when it comes to having friends, like if I'm going to go somewhere and I was even like this in my twenties, like on my days off, I would just plan entire days where I was going and doing things by myself. It never even crossed my mind again, like the library scenario when I was a kid, it never really crossed my mind that that wasn't how most people operate. Um, you know, I wasn't, that didn't dawn on me until I was a little bit older that like, usually if you plan a day of stuff on your day off, you would maybe invite a friend or two to come do those things with you. (laughs) But I don't know. So since it never, it never dawned on me that that wasn't really what everyone is like, I never really felt weird or out of place for being that way. I was just oblivious. Um, So also, aside from the fact that I kind of like to do things on my own, well, I guess let's talk about the reason I like to do things on my own. And that's because, so for so long, I thought I was just a control freak, which I kind of am, but I didn't realize that that was because of autism. I thought, honestly, I thought I was just kind of a selfish, terrible person because I have been told that before by people. I've been called selfish. I've been called, um, other names. We're we're not going to go into the names I've been called, but I've definitely been called selfish. Um, 
And I was always just baffled by that because I don't feel like a selfish person. But looking now like at my behavior sometimes, it, it could be misconstrued as being selfish because um, I... I have my preferences. I I kind of want things to go my way and not because, not because I'm selfish, but because I need to stay within my comfort zone, right? Like I need to know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, where we're going, what we're doing, how long it's going to last. When most people plan outings, they don't think about all those details. They're like, hey, want to hang out? And I'm like, okay, but what does hang out mean? Like, are we going somewhere? Do we just want to be at your house? How long are we hanging out? Are we going to have food? Should I eat before I come over? Like, all of these questions just start going through my mind. Um, where like I know uh, socially I'm like I've learned that you can't ask all of these questions to people because they'll think you're odd you know if you just start no one wants to hang out with someone who has to plan every aspect of every moment of everything so then you get into this place where you you want friends and so you start conforming to what you perceive as the norm And that is the person who just is easygoing and tries to go with the flow and doesn't ask a lot of questions and is calm and cool and collected. Yeah, whatever. And uh, that brings with a lot of stress. And, um, you know, I think I was talking about this on the vacation episode, too, where it was like, when I was younger, I used to be able to put that on a lot easier where it was like, oh yeah, totally. Like, fine, whatever. Yeah, let's hang out. Whatever the fuck that means. Oh, excuse my language. Um, so oh, I thought I wasn't going to, I thought I wasn't going to use profanities on this podcast. Maybe I can beep that out somehow. I want to, <laughs> I do have kind of a potty mouth, so I'm sorry that slipped out. Um, so anyway, like, <sighs> what does hang out mean? Like, but when I was younger, when I say younger, I mean like in my twenties or even like in my, in my early thirties, um, I, I was able to mask that way and just try. I, it was, it takes a lot of effort, but I was able to do it. But like, I think I'm just running out of steam to be able to do that. Or like really just coming to the point in my life. I mean, now it's, now I'm like, well, I know I'm autistic. So like now I give myself permission to be this way because duh, this is just how my brain works. And it feels so good to be able to just accept that now. Um, but even before I figured this out about myself, um, I was sort of just like, getting to the point where it's like, I don't want to do things. I don't want to put myself in situations that I'm not comfortable in anymore. Like I don't want to go places where I don't, you know, I, I feel overstimulated or whatever. Like I'm not going to force myself to go to a bar. I'm not going to like, I'm just not going to do it. I'd just rather be at home and that's okay. And I started giving myself permission to do that. But guess what happens when you start doing that is no one invites you anywhere anymore. So that's what started happening where it was like, I didn't have a lot of friends, but I would like 
get invited places because I would go, even though I didn't particularly feel comfortable going most of the time for all of the reasons I just stated, um, I would go and I would, sometimes I would have a good time at these places where I didn't think I would have a good time, but sometimes I really didn't. And I just wished I was at home. And once I got home, it was like, I was exhausted and just like, yeah, you, you know, so, um, yeah, so you get to the point where you're just sort of friendless. Like, I definitely have people in my life who are similar to me. My best friend, Monica, who I mentioned before, is one of them. Um, she's been my friend since sixth grade. We're very similar in many ways. I wouldn't be surprised if she were neurodiverse in some way herself. Um because, you know, we're all drawn to each other. It's, I look around at my friends and I'm like, yeah, the people who I consider good friends do have a lot of the same like ways of thinking that I do just because it's made life easier and it's sort of drawn us together and made us bond and connected us. Um, so I do have those friends, but I have other friends who aren't like me and I find myself getting hurt by them a lot. And it's hard. It's hard to be the person who is left out or who isn't thought of or who isn't invited anywhere or um, who doesn't understand necessarily because I think a lot of it is like me just not understanding the rules of having friends or sometimes these people will do things that I just don't understand. I'm like, is this regular? Like, should I be, should I be upset by them saying this thing or doing this thing? Or is this just how people are and my brain isn't like the same? So I perceive it as wrong or upsetting that someone's acting or behaving a certain way. Or is this person just not a good friend and this is where it gets tricky and where I've gotten into trouble in the past with being friends with people who have ended up kind of taking advantage of me or treating me poorly because um, sometimes this stuff goes over my head because I just don't get it. And I, and I feel like they're being okay. I'm just, it's my fault. Like I'm the one who either didn't understand, I misunderstood or I did something and I'm still at that place where I don't get it. Like, I, I still don't know if some of these people that are in my life are good people or not. I don't know how to figure that out. If anyone has tips on that. <laughs> um, I need, like, a friendship handbook or something. Like, here are all of the things that are outlined that are <laughs> the social laws and rules. And if someone breaks this rule, you know, they're probably not a good person. Like please someone, someone write this book or if it exists, someone tell me about it because <laughs> wouldn't that be great? And I think, I think that is why friendships are so hard for autistic people because we do have a, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess we just like things laid out. Like I like to know the expectations, the boundaries, the rules, give me all of that stuff in a situation and I'm fine. But like when there's so much 
diversity in how people act and so many nuances and so many unspoken rules. And some people may think something's okay and other people may think something's not okay, you know, just depending on like opinions or how someone was written. Like people are just confusing. And when you try and (laughs) have a friendship with someone, it's hard. It's hard figuring the other person out sometimes. Um, so, and I've definitely been ghosted by friends. I don't know why that happens either. I've had friendships that I thought were going great. And I, you know, like when you're like proud of yourself, when you're like, oh my gosh, I, you hang out with someone and you leave and you're like, I did great. I did great. I like talked the conversation was reciprocal. I asked good questions. I like told some funny, I I, like made the person laugh a little bit. Like this is going great. And you have a few hangouts like that. And you're like, yeah, this is good. I enjoy this person. I think we're friends. And then all of a sudden they just like disappear and they like won't answer your text messages or they like you try and make a plan with them and they're like, oh, well maybe like some other time, you know, maybe like two years from next Tuesday. I don't know. I have to check my schedule. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. Like that's fine. And you like try not to let it get to you. But after that happens a few times, you start being like self-conscious a little bit and wondering, you know, if your self-assessment was accurate or not, because it seemed like not because if it were, and if it was going as great as you thought it was, that person wouldn't have ghosted you. So, uh, yeah, it's hard. Like I said, this is a many layered topic for me and it has been one of my biggest struggles as an autistic person, um, friendships and relationships in general. Um, but friendships for sure. Um, I'll have to talk a little bit more on a different episode about romantic relationships, but I feel like those relationships are actually easier because there, I feel like there are more clear cut rules about romantic relationships than there are about friendships, but we can get into that another time. I don't want to tangent off on that. Ooh, also another thing, another conundrum that's like a catch 22 when it comes to having friends. So like I said, I like to plan things in advance. I like to know what's happening, right? So that would seem to be an ideal way to go about things, right? But the problem with that is that you may plan something in advance with someone like a week before, right? Like, oh, next Wednesday we'll get together and we'll go do this thing. And you're like, great, fun, that sounds amazing on that day when you plan it. But then that day comes that you're supposed to go do that thing and you maybe don't feel it that day. It's very hard for me to go do a thing if I'm not feeling like doing that thing, even if it's a fun thing, even if it's something that I was looking forward to when I scheduled it. um, Sometimes that day comes and I'm like in the zone doing something else. Um, Lately, it's been painting. I've been painting a lot and like I love painting. It makes me so happy And so like, that's all I freaking want to do right now is just like sit at home alone and paint and paint and paint and paint. So it's like things like that come up where you're like, you're fixated on an interest and maybe you don't want to go do another thing. (laughs) 
which this, this goes back to the selfish thing. Is this me? Is this other people perceiving me as selfish? I don't know. Cause it's self-indulgent. It's like, no, I'd rather do this thing. Um, but I don't cancel plans. I don't, I really, really try not to cancel plans because I really don't like when people change plans at the last minute on me. And when I say I'm going to do something, I try my hardest to do it. So I'll usually go and again, I'll usually have an okay time, but getting there is difficult. Talking myself up for it and into it and like just all the mental gymnastics that have to go into that situation, right? So planning things ahead of time is hard because on the day you plan it, you might feel like doing it. But on the day that comes up when it's time to do the thing, you might not feel like doing the thing anymore. But on the flip side of that, here's where the catch 22 comes in. On the flip side of that, I can't be spontaneous either. Like I, in my mind, like I don't write it out or anything. I know some people have like calendars where they, um, right like they do time blocking and they're like from this time to this time I'm doing this and from this time to this time I'm doing this that's like too structured for me but like okay I'm sorry that just cut me off and I'm glad I noticed because I'm recording these into my phone and my phone started ringing and I guess I forgot to put my do not disturb on and why are we still calling each other there's text messaging and emailing does, do, are there people that don't know this? It wasn't someone, I don't know who it was. It was a number I didn't recognize, but I'm like, why are you calling? Just send me an email. Just shoot me a text. I know you're calling me from a cell phone. No one has a landline. Just text me. <sighs> anyway, um, I hope I can figure out how to mend these two little episodes together. But anyway, um, so what I was saying was... I. I have a plan for each day in my head. In the morning, I wake up and I know how each day is going to go. That may include doing a thing. That may include staying at home. Whatever it includes, that's how the day is going to go. And if someone were to text me, not call me because none of my friends call. They know better. Um, they don't want phone calls either. No one wants phone calls. Even if you're not autistic, I guess, no, there are people that like talking on the phone. That's not true. Um, anyway, (laughs) tangent. Uh, so if someone were to text me and be like, Hey, do you want to go out to lunch today? Oh, I can't do that. I can't. I, I mean, I could, I could. And I have back in the day when I was, being that way where I was bending to other people's expectations of like but it was never easy it was always like oh my god it was like panic like I do I want to go to lunch today I didn't plan I didn't plan to go to lunch today and so to say yes to something like that to force myself to say yes to something took a lot of work and a lot of just like forcing myself Um, and it's not about the person. Like I, there are lovely people that I would love to have lunch with. Um, but that's, that's not what it's about. It's not like, Oh, I don't want to see this person. It's like, Oh, I want to see this person, but I don't know how, like, I don't know how to make this work with my brain. I can't just be like, Oh, sure. Yeah. What time do you want to meet? Like my day's already planned. 
I can't change the plan. Who does that? I think a lot of people do that, but I don't. So this is where it's tricky. Because then I'm like, oh, um, I actually can't today. How about we do it, you know, the, the day after tomorrow? Like that gives me time to plan. The day after tomorrow. And they're like, oh, sure. But then I'm back to the planning ahead thing where it's like, am I going to feel like doing that the day after tomorrow? Maybe not. So it's hard. It makes me just want to give up and be like, hey, if anyone wants to be friends with me, sorry. (laughs) I can't. It's too hard. Um, That's not really what I want. Of course, I do want friends. I want some. I want a few, not too many. I, I have realized now that the media has lied to us. Not all girls need a huge group of what they call gal pals. I'm not a group of gal pals sort of girl. I don't, I can't. I don't want it. I don't need it. That's a lot. It's a lot of managing and knowing of rules and how to be. And I I can't, I can't do it. But I want people in my life. Of course, no one wants to be totally alone. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a work in progress. I'm 41. I still haven't figured this out. I may not ever fully figure it out. Um, I'm hoping now that I can find more neurodiverse friends, more autistic friends. My partner, um, just got diagnosed with ADHD and I'm like, Oh, that's why we work so well together because we're both neurodiverse. Their brain works in a very different way from other people's, but honestly, in a very similar way to mine in a lot of ways. Um, and we both have our, um, I, I, I will call them quirks because I don't feel like quirk is a bad thing. I feel like quirks make people interesting. So my partner and I both have our quirks and I feel like if you both, if you and your partner both share that, where you both have things that fall outside of the quote unquote norm that you're more understanding towards your partner. Cause you're like, well, I have my things too and they have their things. So it's like, we've just sort of gelled in that way. And so I'm hoping I can find more neurodiverse friends because it seems like you can just be more open and honest about who you are and they'll understand because they know what it's like, you know? So anyway, I said a lot of words and I didn't run out of words, but I feel it coming. I feel like I'm going to run out of words soon. So, and I have to go to work later and do a photo shoot. And so I'm going to have to be interacting in a little while with a stranger, which is always super fun and not stressful at all. And that's sarcasm in case you didn't catch that. Um, so, oh, the stereotype about autistic people not understanding sarcasm is false. I know there are some autistic people that that don't generally get sarcasm, but that is not true for all sarc- or for all autistic people because I'm very sarcastic. I don't know if it was because of the way I was raised, my dad also was extremely sarcastic and I just grew up with that type of humor. Um or what? But I love sarcasm. Sarcasm is my second language. I'm fluent and that is that. So stereotype broken. Okay. I'm going to let you guys go now because this was a lot of words. And like I said, I have to save them up to talk to a complete stranger in a few hours. Wish me luck with that. Oh, goodbye. Have a good day.